welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I love that we get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ this weekend. I'm here in Israel at an ancient tomb, and although this wasn't the tomb where Jesus rose from the dead, it probably looked a lot like this. And I, I love the fact that we get to celebrate that we serve a risen Savior. I want you to think about this. Is, is He powerful enough to raise anyone back from the dead? And the answer would be, yes, He is. And He proved this when He was here on earth. Way before Jesus rose from the dead, he proved that he had power over death. He stood on this side of the stone. If you know the Bible story, it's found in John. And we have the story of Jesus hearing about a good friend of his dying. His name was Lazarus. He had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Lazarus had become sick and he died. And the Bible tells us that they sent messengers to him saying, Jesus, the one you love, Lazarus, has died. Well, it took several days until Jesus made his way to the tomb. And as he stood on this side of the tomb, the Bible just gives us a glimpse into his humanity because it says he wept. And he would weep for him just like you and I would weep when we lose somebody that essentially goes to that side of the stone that goes on into death. And the Bible says that Lazarus had been dead four days and Jesus stood there and he cried. But then, you know what he said? He said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. And he proved that he was king on this side of the stone. And we celebrate that today, that Jesus Christ has the power on this side of the stone. But it didn't stop there. As we're going to look at it today, we're going to see that Jesus Christ not only had power on this side of the stone where he could speak, Lazarus come forth. And I just think of that picture of him coming forth and the people just being in awe that Jesus is king on this side of the stone. But then when Jesus died, they put him on the other side of the stone. And as you can see, there's a circular stone there. And, and they would roll that in front of the, the grave. And the Bible tells us that, that the rulers, they were Pilate. He was afraid that, that somebody would just sneak the stone away. So they wanted to make sure that he stayed on that side of the stone when he died. And the crowd was wondering when he had authority on one side of the stone, did he really have authority on the other? Let's think about that. Is Jesus Christ king on both sides of the stone? I love it this Easter weekend that we get to celebrate with all nine of our campuses and uh, using video. And it's going to be a shared sermon between me and your campus pastor. And uh, I want to let everybody know right away, at the end of this service, we're going to give an opportunity for people to say yes to Jesus and to say, I want my life changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Um, I enjoyed that time so much being in Israel, uh, being able to see that first century tomb and to really work up the thought for this Easter message of, is he king on both sides of the stone? And uh, I had a little help this year. Our worship team came to me and they said, we wrote a song that we think is powerful and uh, we're wondering if you'd want to use it. Well, they played it for me the first time and I was like, new favorite, new favorite, I'm in. And uh, I know we say it at all of our campuses and I love that, that the power of that song, the message that's there. And of course, it gave birth really to this message, is he king on both sides of the stone? Now, 
When I was standing there in Israel, I don't know if you caught this, but I was standing uh, really above ground level. And uh, I want you to take a closer look at a picture of the tomb so you can see the stone that I was talking about. Um, In the first century, the tomb that you'll see in this picture here, uh, that was how they buried people. They actually had a cave that they dug out and they had a groove that the stone would roll in and it was more like a disc. And you could see the, the grass had covered up that stone, but I think you get the picture of how it looked. Now, um, if you're like me, just real quick, true confession, how many people in your mind when you have heard the story about Jesus being buried and then a, a stone rolled in front of it, how many, raise your hand, you would say you thought it was a boulder, not a round disc. Come on, raise your hand. All right. Yeah, me too. I was thinking it was, it was a big boulder. And so, uh, but it really was a really heavy stone that would be rolled in place. It would weigh a couple of tons. But see, they would, they would put a, a dead person in the tomb and they'd roll the stone. And then when the next family member would die, they would put them in there, roll the stone. So that was very efficient. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, now I understand this even more. Now, we've asked this question, is he king on both sides of the stone? And I want to go to the story that uh, I referenced in that video about Lazarus. We find it in John chapter 11, and I'm going to read some of this to you. And um, I want to give you the context. I, I shared it there, but I want to give you this context that Jesus had some really good friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were brother and sister, and they were apparently very good friends of Jesus. And we get the message that uh, Lazarus is sick. The word comes to Jesus, the one you love, like your really good friend. He is sick. He, it's, it's, it must be pretty serious. It wasn't like a, a sniffle. They're like, Jesus, you need to come and save your friend. And the Bible tells us that he waited a couple of days and then he starts on the journey. And so we have Mary and Martha there because Lazarus has now died. And we have Mary and Martha on the scene as Jesus walks up and they are distraught. They are wondering, we we know that you have the power to speak to illness while you're living and somebody's living. We know you have the power to do that. But what about now that they're dead? They've, They've really lost faith. So in John chapter 11, verse 17, it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last days. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So you get this scenario. It's going on. She's like, I I believe it, but I'm I'm thinking of someday. And Jesus is about to show her that it's not someday, it's today. And can I just say this? Maybe you're at church and you're like, someday I'll believe that he's the resurrection and the life. No, it's not someday, it's today. It's today where you're going to believe that. Continuing on in this story, in verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they said. And then the shortest verse, it just says, Jesus wept. 
Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. You have the picture now. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he's been dead there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is a marvelous miracle right here. Marvelous miracle. And he's on the outside of the stone. And it's, it's interesting that the text points out to us that he was four days dead. Now that's significant. I want you to understand this. The, the, when people died in Bible days, you know, they, they didn't embalm them. They would start to decompose and decay. And so people would bury their loved one within hours. If they, if when they died, they would just bury them because they would just start to decay. And the Bible's making it very clear that he was dead. He was decaying. He was gone. He was done, dead, gone. He was dead. He was not mostly dead. All right. Any Princess Bride fans, all right, you know, and Montoya says to Miracle Max, and Miracle Max says, ah, you know, mostly dead is slightly alive, you know, and he's doing his deal, you know, because there's a difference between mostly dead and dead dead. I want to be very clear. Lazarus was dead dead. It was over. It was hopeless. And I just want to say this to you here today. You might have come to church with a relative, and you say, I am dead dead. I'm not mostly dead. I'm dead dead. There's no hope for me. Come on. Jesus has hope for people that are dead, dead. And you can be alive today. You, you might be like that. You say, I'm dead in my sins. I've done things in my life. And you might even identify with the fact like there's an odor. I stink. The things I've done in my life, they stink. And I'm telling you what, Jesus is standing outside your life on that side of the stone, if you will. And he's saying, you know what? I know that it stinks. I know that you're dead. I know that you're dead, dead not just mostly dead, but I'm ready to bring life. The Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's what he's saying. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I believe this. Jesus is knocking on people's hearts right now. And he's saying, I'm standing right there. I know you're dead, but I bring life. Interesting thing. Jesus uh, used his word to bring life to Lazarus. He didn't, now, they didn't have a defibrillator back then. How many know? They didn't have that. That would have been impressive to bring somebody back from four days with a deep, you know, clear. You know, that'd be impressive. That'd be good, yeah. He didn't use CPR. He didn't say, breathe, breathe, get him, pump, pump. He didn't, do, he didn't say, give me some meds. Give me some things to help him get back to life. All he did is speak the word. And I'm telling you right now, people say, well, what do I have to do to give my life to Jesus? What do I have to do to be right? Jesus has power on this side of the stone when he's speaking to your dead life. And when he speaks the word, you can be forgiven. All he said to Lazarus was, Lazarus, come forth. And boom, he came to life. And all he has to say to you today is be forgiven. Receive me. Repent. You know, be forgiven. Receive this free gift. It's short. It's, it's right there. And your whole life can be changed. And I, I wonder about this. What if Jesus wouldn't have said Lazarus' name? What if he just said, come forth? How many people would have come forth? Like a hundred? Yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, but he was specific. Lazarus, come forth. But here's the thing. He said just to Lazarus, come forth. I have power on this side of the stone to bring you back to life. I believe this today. He's saying your name today. I believe Jesus has power on this side of the stone. And he says, you know what? Uh, He says your name. He says, Carrie, Christine, Steve, Caleb, you come forth. Be forgiven. I have authority on this side of the stone. He did it for Lazarus. He can do it for you. I believe this. Jesus had the authority on this side of the stone. And as we're going to look at now, Jesus was placed on the other side of the stone. If you know the story that we're celebrating this weekend, we know that Jesus Christ was accused by the religious leaders with a a false crime and they brought false charges up against him. And the Bible tells us that he was uh, whipped, that he was beaten. The Bible tells us that he was placed on the cross. And on that cross, our sins were placed on him. My sins, your sins, the whole sins of the world were placed on Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that he died and then they placed him in the grave. They put him on the other side of the stone. And everybody knew he had power on the outside of the stone. But the big question was, does he have power on the other side of the stone? And now Jesus is on the inside of this tomb and he's dead. And what do you do when the man who's raising people from the dead is now dead? He didn't just do it for Lazarus, but he did it for two other people. I mean, this guy has a new title. He is the resurrector and now he's dead. What do you do in that moment? This is the same man who just rode into Jerusalem on a donkey We celebrated it on Palm Sunday that that he's bringing victory to the people of God. Victory. And now our victorious leader has died. Think about how perplexing and how scared and how confused. And and you would think the, the people who were closest to Jesus would be the most confident in the words that he said. He said, if you tear down this temple, I will rebuild it in three days. I mean, he said stuff that he said, I'm coming back. I will come, I will come again. And the people closest to him seem to forget. The disciples, uh, I mean, these guys, these guys ran before it started. I mean, they were, they, were, they were gone. The book of Mark 14, 50 says, at that point, when he's about to get arrested, Jesus is about to get arrested. At that point, all of his disciples ran away and they abandoned him. They were afraid and Jesus is alone and, and they run. I just think this is crazy that, that they were afraid. They, they saw him do all these miracles and they, they had heard him speak and they knew he was the Messiah and now they're fearful. And I want to speak today on, on Easter weekend to anybody here. You came into church and you carry a little bit of that fear inside of you. Maybe you, you're, you're fearful to give God your, tr- your trust, to trust him with your life. These disciples, again, they knew he was born of a virgin. They knew he, lived, he was living perfect. They knew he was raising people from the dead and doing all these miracles. They had seen the greatness of God. And I wonder if you're here and you've seen the greatness of God. Maybe you were raised in church and you know he's real, but something happened in your life. Just like these disciples, Jesus, their leader gets arrested. Maybe you're here and you've been hurt by somebody. Maybe you've been hurt by the decisions you've made. And you feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you're not worthy enough. You feel like you you just can't do it. And I just, I can't make that decision. 
Jesus reveals himself to the disciples uh, when he rose again and he said, do not be afraid. And that's the word you can hear today. Do not be afraid. Jesus is alive. Jesus is drawing you close today. You are not in the room by accident. So the disciples, they go from fear to now seeing Jesus alive and they're back in right relationship. They're not hiding in fear. They are about to do this, to move forward the church of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing. The fact that we stand here today in a church building worshiping Jesus is because these dudes lived it out. And maybe you're here, you're just, you're fearful. You've been away from church for a little while. The word for you is do not be afraid. There were some ladies that after Jesus died, they came to the tomb. There's Mary and some other ladies and they, they came up and, and they, weren't, they weren't expecting a savior, a risen savior, but they came to pay their respects. I'll read this scripture in Luke 23, 55 through 56. It says, the women who had been companions of Jesus, they were friends of Jesus from the beginning and they saw all of this take place. They watched as the body was laid in the tomb. They saw it happen. Afterward, they returned home and prepared fragrant spices and ointments. And they were planning to anoint his body after the Sabbath was completed, according to the commandments of the law. They came in just ready to pay their respects, to honor what Jesus had done. They were ready to just see the tombstone was still over, but they came and it was gone and he, it was empty. And Jesus, he was gone. And there might be people in this room right now and you came on Easter weekend because you wanted to maybe just pay your respects. You just thought maybe, uh, maybe it's the right thing to do or maybe this is what I should do and yeah, I feel like everybody's going to Easter so I'll go to Easter and I've got to put a suit on and I hate putting a suit on and I don't want to do this, you know what I'm saying? And you feel like, you just feel like you're just coming because it might make your friends or your family happy or it might, might lift you up because of what you're going through. You might feel like, I might make me feel a little bit better. But tonight, I want to tell you, don't just come to pay your respects. Come expecting that Jesus could change your life. What you're going through in your life, the times that you feel pain, the times you feel alone, the times you feel doubt and hurt, you might be going through something right now. And today, you can meet your risen Savior and he can transform your life, not just make it a little bit better. We're not here just playing games like, like I, hope I, I hope I'm just a better person. Like, that's not what this is about. Jesus came, died, rose again so that we could go from death to life. Today, you can go from death to life. Come on, if one person claps, let's all clap. Give God a little bit of praise like you've gone from death to life. The disciples are afraid and the, the women, they're coming to pay their respects. It seems like the people that were closest to Jesus forgot everything that he said. But the people that were against Jesus, they, they remembered those words and they were ready for it. We, he died and we're gonna make sure that he doesn't get out. We're gonna make sure no tricks are played either. Matthew 27, 62 through 66 says, the next day, the day after preparation day for Passover, right after Jesus had died, the chief priests, the enemies of Jesus and the Pharisees went together to Pilate, the guy that, that gave permission and said, do, do whatever you want to him. They said to Pilate, our master, 
Our, our master, we remember that this imposter claimed that he would rise from the dead after three days. By the way, if you predict that you're going to die and you're going to come back to life and then you actually do it, like I'm following that guy, like I'm, I'm in. Like if you say that and you die and then you come back, like I'm, I'm with you, man. Like anybody else, like if that happened, like I'm going with you. I might be on my own, it's all good. So he said, please, please, they're saying this to Pilate, please order the tomb to be sealed until the third day. Seal it so that his disciples can't come and steal the corpse and tell people that he rose from the dead. Then the last deception would be worse than the first. I will send soldiers to guard the tomb, Pilate replied. Go with them and make the tomb as secure as possible. So they left and sealed the stone and Pilate's soldiers secured the tomb. Now this is crazy. There's three things about the tomb, uh, just in studying this. The, the tombstone was massive. You saw the video. I mean, it's massive. Like a couple tons, Pastor Rob said. It would take, it would take a bunch of guys a ton of energy to lift and move this stone out of the way. And you might be here today with massive weight on your shoulders. And you feel like what you're going through is impossible to get over. You feel like you've ruined your chances. And there's a weight of that, the weight of guilt or the weight of shame. You feel like I can't do it. And if the tombstone that large could be moved by angels and Jesus could walk out, you could leave here tonight with a weight lifted off of your shoulders, something really changing on the inside, no longer carrying that guilt, no longer carrying that shame, no longer hanging your head down. Jesus is the great head lifter and you can walk out with your head held high. No matter what has happened in your life, no matter how massive, Jesus can move it tonight. It's not just massive, but it was sealed. I mean, they went, they went through it. They, we're making sure this guy's not getting out and we're making sure nobody can trick us. We're not doing this, so we're gonna seal it. And Pastor Rob teaching us campus pastors, he's saying there, there are people and you might be here tonight and, and something has been sealed on your life. Something has been stamped onto your life and in your spirit and, and you've carried it maybe for a long time. Maybe it's something somebody said about you or something you've thought about yourself that you've believed and it's a lie. Maybe you're here and you've just carried the, the stamp or the seal that you're an orphan or that you're a victim or that you've been abused or that you're a failure, or that you're worthless, you're not enough. And today, the seal that was released off of the tombstone so that Jesus could walk out the seal on your life can be released. The lie that you've believed about yourself can be lifted off of you. We sang it tonight, but that moment where the seal of the tombstone was released sealed your promise. That you could take part in this promise. That you could receive forgiveness, restoration. You could become that new creation. You're brand new and you get on, on eternity in heaven. And the third thing is they guarded this tomb. Like not just enough to put a massive stone in the way, not just enough to seal it, but we gotta guard this tomb. We're gonna put the best soldiers out there. Nobody's getting in. Yet those guards got moved. 
And maybe you're here and, and you feel like the people you've surrounded your life with or even your headspace is kind of guarded with everything coming against you. You might have family and friends that if you give your life to Jesus, they're going to go, now you're, you're weird and I don't know how to talk to you. I don't think I can, you know, or you think about your workspace and your coworkers and, and you're, now you're going to get some heat. Now you're, and by the way, it's not all that bad. Living for Jesus is the greatest adventure, the most thrilling thing you could ever do. Come on, anybody believe that following Jesus is amazing. But you start to think like, man, my life's a little bit garden. There's a song uh, called Fight My Battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And Jesus doesn't just surround you. He's not just all around. His presence is not just all around, although it's in the room right now. But when you invite Jesus into your life, he surrounds you around, but also within. He is within you. And the, the enemies and the haters and all the, the mind space, the negative mind space, all of that feels like it's guarded. Now Jesus becomes your guard. When you give your life to Jesus, he will guard you. It's one of the greatest feelings of all time. You to walk in greater assurance, greater confidence, greater boldness, knowing who you are in Christ. It's an amazing thing. Back to those women, they, they, they came to the tomb and, uh, and uh, find out that it's empty. And they're thinking, what, what happened? They, did, they did they take him somewhere? Like, this is insane. John 20, 14 through 16, shares this story. And Mary's there and she, she's like really concerned. Like, where did he go? They, they took him. I'm never gonna be able to pay my respects, if you will. It says, then she turned around to leave. And there was Jesus standing in front of her. He's alive. But she didn't realize that it was him. I wonder if God's been all around you your entire life, yet you've not recognized that it was him. He said to her, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And maybe you came in tonight not knowing who you're looking for but you're finding out right now something's happening on the inside. It's not a pastor's words. It's God himself stirring something up inside of you, revealing himself to you. Mary answered, thinking he was only a gardener. She didn't recognize him. Sir, if you've taken his body somewhere else, please tell me and I will go. Mary, Jesus interrupted her. I love it. Turning to face him, she said, Rabbi, she recognized him. And I love Pastor Rob said, maybe he's calling your name tonight. He's calling your name. You look over history over the last 2,000 years. Jesus, that tombstone was empty. Jesus rose to life again. He revealed himself to Mary and those ladies. He revealed himself. If you remember the story, Peter and John, they raced there and John was all proud that he beat Peter. Like, I don't know why that details in the Bible. It's weird. But he revealed himself to Peter and John and all the disciples the Bible says that he appeared over 500 people. And then they move forward and move forward the kingdom of God. And the church is being planted in city after city after city. And somehow we sit here today in 2019 worshiping the same God. And Peter writes this in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ has not been raised... 
All of our preaching has been for nothing and your faith is useless. We, We don't need to do this if he didn't rise again. This is not just to upgrade our lives. Jesus can change us from death to life. This is not useless. I'm betting my life on it. Sometimes when I'm talking up here, I, like I'm reminded, I really believe this. And if you're new in a church environment, like you, it can feel like, it can feel like, yeah, they're all kind of, it's kind of like robotic or it just feels like, yeah, like I get it, but I'm not in. Like, listen, I believe this. Like this is, I'm betting my eternity on this. And so have billions upon billions of people over the last 2,000 years. Jesus Christ is alive and well. And listen to the words of Jesus, John 10, 17 and 18. The Father has an intense love for me because I, have free, because I freely give my own life to raise it up again. I surrender my own life and no one has power to take my life for me. If you remember, he said on the cross, I give up my spirit. He said, I have the authority to lay it down and I've got the authority and the power to take it back again. This is the destiny my father has set before me. Come on, if you're living for Jesus and you believe that Jesus Christ is alive and well in 2019, can you give God a little bit of praise? Come on, make a little bit of noise on Easter. Jesus is alive. He's not just great. He's not, man, you're here. You feel like you can't do it. You can do it because he did it for you. Jesus is not just great. He's not just powerful. But if Jesus is alive and well, it means Jesus is God. And he can be the Lord of your life and change you. It's an inside job from the inside out. He can make you brand new. This is the greatest story ever told and not just a fairy tale. It is true. And it's true in this moment. God set eternity in the hearts of man and what you feel on the inside is God. He's speaking to you. I love it if we could bow our heads and close our eyes as we wrap up this service. There's people here, you've never given your life to Jesus and today is your day. You can do it. What's crazy is that when God created Humanity, when he created you, he put in within you the capacity to say yes to him. Every single human has the capacity to step into this. You can do it. It's not about your right action. It's not about your church attendance. It's not about how much you know. It's about what Romans 10 says, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life, you will be saved. Do you believe it? He's calling your name right now. As we close this service, I just want to give anybody an opportunity. Maybe you're here, you were raised in church, and you know, you know this is true, but you've been, you've been doing your own thing, going your own way. And today, in this moment, saying, I believe that God, God has raised Jesus from the dead. He is, he is God on both sides of the stone. You're here, whether it's, it's your decision for the first time, or today you're coming home, rededicating your life to the Lord. This is your moment. This is why you're here. The greatest decision you could ever make. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to count to three. When I say three, if you'd like to give your life to Jesus on Easter weekend, this weekend, and you want to live for him the rest of your life, you want to become that new creation. When I say three, lift your hand in the air and you can put it right back down. And we're going to pray a prayer as a church family all together. 
And we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God, the family of God. You already know it's you. Ready? One, Jesus said that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Two, when you make this decision, you are a brand new creation. The Bible says that the old is gone and the new has come. If you're ready for something new in your life, you know it's you all over this place. Three, lift your hand in the air saying yes to Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Amazing, amazing. Hands all over the room. People saying yes to Jesus. Today is your day. Today is your day. You will never be the same. You can lift your hand up and put it right back down. I'll just wait a second. Raising your hand is not what saves you, but it's amazing what happens when when we take what's in the physical realm into the spiritual realm. It's, It's like it makes it more real for us, saying today's my day. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Anybody else? Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Now let's pray this prayer out loud. Everybody in the room, let's pray this together. Would you repeat after me? And remember, people are praying this for the very first time. Would you say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short. Please forgive me. Today I receive your gift. The free gift of salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen, amen. Church, let's stand to our feet and you better celebrate for some people that are giving their lives to Jesus. Come on, make a little bit of noise, not just some golf claps. Lift your voice. Welcome them to the family. It's amazing. What a great decision. I'm going to invite the prayer team members forward. We're going to get out of here in just a second. But listen, if you made that decision, we have a free gift for you. And our church, we want to come alongside of you genuinely. We want to we want to walk this out with you. We've got a free Bible. Within here is a booklet that says, now what? It's a 30-day Bible reading program and just some great chapters, understanding what you just did even more. And you can get these free Bibles uh, from the prayer team members down front. And these are people that are passionate about prayer. They would love to pray over any need in the room but you can pick up a Bible from them. You can get it on your way out. There's gonna be ushers out the doors. You can get a Now now What book and a Bible. You can also get it at the Welcome Center on your way out. And please, tell somebody that you made this decision before you go to bed. You probably know somebody that's gonna celebrate with you. And if not, I will. The prayer team members will. We are so pumped that you decided to come here and give your life to Jesus. It's an amazing thing. I wanna say, have a great week serving the Lord. If you don't have a home church, then we'll see you back next week. We love you.